good friend. And so I just want to, if we can honor him today and uh, give him a warm welcome as he comes and speaks and shares the word with us today, that'd be amazing. Sergeant. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. It's lovely to be here, Pastor. Thank you for inviting me and uh, giving me this opportunity to be here with you, our church, and uh, your people. Thank you very much. You're a very courageous man. Even I'm not sure many people would dare to call me like this, you know. So, amen. So I'll just ask the sound team to just start that app. Um, please start the app you know we have a I was told when I came to preach here you don't have to say anything you just have to make some noises and we have an app that will translate that into English and uh, should we give it another try give it a try give it a try come on somebody help me Come on, help me. Hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> Tell your neighbor that we are going to see a miracle this morning. You know what is a miracle? I, you know, English is my second language. And so I don't think in English. I think in another language. I think in a couple of other languages. And then it comes out in English. Humans have still not developed an app that can translate it that fast. But I thank God that there is an app somewhere inside me that the thoughts come out, but when it comes out of my mouth, it comes out in English. Are you glad that it happens like that? Hallelujah. You're still not sure. You're still not sure. So, you know... When I started preparing, after Pastor invited me, I started preparing and the Lord gave me a, a, a beautiful scripture to speak out from, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And it's a very familiar scripture. Um, while the scripture comes up, I have a beautiful wife. She's holding the fort at church. And I also have another daughter. Her name is Jeriel. She leads our worship team and also helps with the, uh, with the youth. So... Uh, they, they put in their apologies this morning. So God gave me that scripture. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they shall mount up with eagles on eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary. Isaiah chapter 40, 31. Uh, verse 31. And for me, this is a very easy scripture. Pastor told me that he has been preaching on the Holy Ghost. And so I said, Lord... Thank you for giving me that scripture to preach out for, from, because this scripture has a lot of, uh, lot of importance for our life. You know, when we immigrated, we immigrated here in the year 2003, and after a few years, the Lord started challenging me. He said, you don't have, you know, you have only one child, you should consider having another one. And uh, I said, you know, Lord... You know, all the challenges that we have, been gone, we have gone through, I don't dare to actually have another child. He said, no, I want you to have another child. And so, uh, you know, we found that we couldn't have another child. And uh, so we went to the doctor, 
and the doctor, you know, in a grim voice, and he started talking to me in slow motion. He thought that he's Indian, so he doesn't understand English. So he, he really slowed it down. He said, you cannot have... I said, I understand what you are saying, but I serve a God who is faithful. And our daughter here, who is here with me, was conceived after that. But a month later, Jesse, my wife, she started bleeding. And she was bleeding one, one, one day, second day, third day, fourth day. And so she started going to the doctor, and the doctor would say, uh, you know, this is a miscarriage. You have lost a child. At that time, I had gone to, uh, to India on a mission trip with a team from, uh, from the church that I was part of. And, uh, you know, we were there, and, and this was happening. And Jesse was by herself. And when she, when she, you know, when the doctor would say these things, she was very discouraged. And she had a, a group of people around her also who started encouraging her and, and telling things like, it's okay, you can try again, God will give you another child, and things like that. And so she sat down and she prayed. And she said, Lord, the doctor said that I cannot conceive, but you have now given me a child. Therefore, what is your diagnosis about this? What is your decision about this? And the Lord gave this scripture to my wife. And so I thought, when I'm coming here, God wants me to speak about the miracles in my life. But no, God said, I want you to speak different things. I want you to take the scripture and take this to a different level. And I said, Lord, do you think they are ready? He said, they are ready. So that's how the Lord sees you as a church. He sees that you are ready for the next level of understanding of the scripture. Come on, can you put up that scripture again? Come on. It's, it's worth clapping, I tell you. The Lord is honoring you. I thought it's an easy task. It's an easy job. I can come and tell you about miracles that have happened in our life, and I can go away home looking very smart. But God said, no, I want you to take them to newer, deeper levels that I want to show them. And if you look there, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Turn to your neighbor and say, your strength is about to be renewed. Hallelujah. Oh, how many of you think that you need a renewal of your strength? Hallelujah. Anybody needs a renewal? A fresh input, a fresh influx of energy. Hallelujah. And then he says, you know, they will run and not grow weary. So there are four levels that this scripture talks about. One is running. Tell your neighbor running. Second, walking. It, it doesn't talk about the third level, but it talks about the fourth level straight away. You cannot soar unless you are flying. Am I right? There's a difference between soaring and flying. And the Lord wants me to talk about soaring, not running, not walking, but soaring on his wings. Come on. Come on, church. Give the Lord a glory. Hallelujah. And so I lay a little bit of background of how I see these things and, and how the Lord shows me. Because some of you, some of us have been having, some of us have been walking and we think this is all that God has got for me. 
Some of us have been running, you know. We have been running. We have been running with the Lord. And we think this is all that he has got for us. You know, you need to realize that running and walking is on the natural plane. God doesn't want you to be operating in your gifts, in the things that are around you, just at the natural plane. He wants to take you to the next level. The flying and the soaring. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are going to soar. Hallelujah. You are going to soar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'll just show you the way I read the Bible. If you go to Habakkuk 2 verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. Hallelujah. And this is Habakkuk is going to God and complaining. And then he's waiting. He's expectant to hear something from God. How many of you are expectant to hear something from God? And, and, and I, I love looking at the, the prophets in the Bible because I want to follow their footsteps. I want to see how do they catch things? How do they see things? And I will look to see what he says to me. When I'm talking to you, do you see or do you hear? Tell me, do you hear or do you see? Habakkuk says, I am standing to see to see what the Lord says to me. He's not saying that I'm standing here to hear what the Lord is saying. So I started changing the way I read the Bible. I started seeing what the Lord is saying instead of reading and just hearing what the Lord is saying. So I started looking at the scripture, Isaiah 40, 31, by looking at it instead of, of hearing it. Does that make sense? So I'll, I'm, what I'm showing you is what the Lord has, has taught me or shown me. I'm just proposing to you. It's up to you whether you want to accept it or not. But, you know, I love it. I love it. Matthew chapter 16, verses three to nine, 13 to 19. Usually, you know, in our church, we have a start time. We don't have an end time. We finish when I finish. All right. But here I've been told I have to behave myself and finish within the half an hour. All right? So if I go over, it's pastor's fault. Because in my, in my view, half an hour is equal to one hour or one and a half hour. Is that okay? It's the clock is wrong. Hallelujah. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16. And this is where the Jesus is having a conversation. I, I want to show you in what context was Jesus talking to me out of Isaiah 41, 31, 40, 31. It is in relation with Matthew 16, 13 to 19. And here Jesus is having a conversation uh, with his disciples. And he's asking them, who do you think am I? If Jesus was to have a conversation with you and if he was to ask you, who am I for you? What would be your answer? It's something worth thinking, isn't it? For some of us, there are seasons where I just wanted him. I started life here with $8 in my pocket. $8 in my pocket. I've seen miracles of provision coming from overseas where nobody knew what my needs were. I have seen the God of Elijah bringing food for me on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. We have, we have been in ministry without a salary and God has provided. Are you with me? So I have seen him as a miracle worker like that. I have also seen him as a healer. My daughter fell down, broke her back, and the doctors have a thick file like this in the hospital saying that she will never walk again. Are you, are you with me? I used to carry her everywhere. 
Today she leads worship. She can play the guitar and at the same time she can play with her foot as well, you know. So I have seen those areas in my life. But today I want a greater revelation of my God. And so he started showing me and it comes to the point where he starts talking about, about you know, so who do you say I am? And Peter perks up and says, you are the son of God. I'll just read word to word, otherwise I might get into trouble. On this, you know, blessed are you, Simon. No, before that. He said to Jesus, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. I normally don't have notes. So I just, I just have a couple of scriptures and then I flow. But I'm just again behaving myself, you know. <laughs> I can, I can, I make up scriptures as I go. So, so better, better be on the scripture. So, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus turns to him and says, on this revelation, I'll build my church. Am I right? Now, we, we, we use this scripture very often, isn't it? And we feel the Old Testament guys have no idea what this means. Let me ask you a simple question. We see the scripture in English, am I right? What language did Jesus preach in? In Aramaic? Yeah? What kind of people was he talking to? Jews who understood Hebrew and Aramaic, am I right? So this is not an English word for us. And then who writes it? Yeah? Who writes it? Tell me, Matthew, who is a Levi, right? But in what language does he write? Greek. And then it comes to us in English. So the original word and the word that is translated has no connection. Am I right? So when Jesus was talking to the Jews, he was not using the word church. He was using the word assembly. Are you with me? In, 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 uh, when, when Matthew wrote this, he used the word ecclesia. He used the word ecclesia. Ecclesia means those who have been called out. Those who have been called out. And it's a gathering of the people who have been called out. So when you meet here, you may look at yourself and think, oh, I had difficulty getting up this morning. But when Jesus looks at you, he says, you are the chosen one. I chose you and I brought you out from the crowd. Are you with me? So, if you, if you, if you look at, at, you know, this word, so then Luke writes about it in the book of Acts. I'm just laboring to show you that, that before I take you into deeper waters that I want to take you. Steve, you know, Stephen is talking about before he's stoned in Acts chapter 7 verse 38. He's talking about, about the assembly that had happened in the book of Exodus. What does, word does he use? Ecclesia again. Are you with me? So the word ecclesia means called out or the assembly. Do you think the Jewish people were called out? They were. Do you think there were any other people who were called out? So God had been trying to talk to people on a regular basis and giving them a foundation on which to build their life. 
and all those foundations have failed. And Jesus turns around and say, the revelation that this, the, the assembly that will not fall over will be built on the foundation that Christ, that Jesus is Christ. Are you with me? So I, was, I wanted to preach on spiritual warfare. How many of you think this is the scripture for spiritual warfare? Am I right? So I was teaching my church on spiritual warfare. And he says, I want you to go deeper into this and understand what I'm trying to say. So I have used this again and again in spiritual warfare. And he says, I want you to understand that this is about people who have been called out. So who were the first people called out in the Bible? The Jews. Before that, do you think Adam and Eve were called out? They were special people. Am I right? And so I started looking at, okay, tell me, Lord, which are the instances in which actually the gates of hell have prevailed? And what caused uh, the prevailing to happen? Are you getting excited now? I love that. So the first time the gates of hell prevailed against you and me is in the Garden of Eden. Yes or no? I, you know, I love it when people talk back to me. You can scream and shout. And then when I go, if pastor comes and tells you, why did you do that? It's between you and him. <laughs> the, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Am I right? So, in the Garden of Eden, there was a very specific responsibility that was given to Adam and Eve. Would you agree? And what was that responsibility? to look after the garden. Would that be safe to say? Yeah, okay, all right. So they had a project in ha on hand. And then Satan comes along. Satan comes along and what does he do? He wants to change the project that they had. Are you with me? His responsibility, their responsibility was to look after the garden. He comes along and says, hey, you should be like God. Are, are you with me? You should be like God. And, and, you know, it sounds like a good idea, isn't it? Yes, no. You know, to me, to my ears, that would have sounded like a good idea. Not many people are agreeing with me, but, you know. <laughs> so what was Satan doing here? Satan was actually taking the focus away of Adam and Eve from their design. He was taking their, their, you know, why it is important for us to understand our design. Suppose I'm a hammer. Can you use me to, to you know, unscrew something? Are you, are you with me? If we don't understand, suppose, suppose, you know, you have a car and, you know, it's, it's a car that runs, you know, 120 miles an hour or whatever. You know, you like speeding around. And then you think this car should speed on the sea as well. Do you think it will work? No. We have to understand the, the, the design for which it is created. Am I right? And the design that Adam and Eve had was to be able to operate on the earth according to what God was saying. Yes, no. That was their design. And what was Satan trying to do? He was trying to take their design away, their focus away from their design to something that they were not designed for. 
Are you with me? You know, there are many people who are in positions and jobs that they were not designed for. I have worked as an accountant for many, many years. And, you know, it is like, I, I, I just struggled through it. Because that was not my design. I'm not in any way saying, don't be an accountant. It's a great job. It gives you a good salary as well. But I was made for something different. And so Satan comes along and he gets their idea away. He wants them to focus on their five senses. Which are the five senses? Eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and skin. Am I right? So he wants them to focus on their five senses. And by doing that, what happens is they forget that they are eternal beings. How many of you think you are eternal beings? You have an eternity. Am I right? And Satan wants us to operate like that without knowing who we are. Because the moment you start recognizing who you are, you will start looking at soaring instead of running and walking. Are you with me? Satan, Satan was very, very cunning in the way he came. He did not, you know, we have been, we have, you know, I have learned, I have heard a lot of messages about their disobedience. But I had never thought along the lines of what was actually Satan stealing from them. He was stealing from them their knowledge of who they were. He was stealing from them their ability to be in the supernatural. He was stealing from them their ability to be creative. He was stealing from their, from their ability to be able to speak to people and heal them. To see the miracles of God happen. So that they would be so focused on, on the natural that they would forget their original design. I am here to tell you that your original design is to operate in the supernatural realm. Hallelujah. Oh Jesus. Thank you Jesus. I am doing good. Time is okay. Hallelujah. You have a design. Turn to your neighbor and say, we want to get back into our original design. Hallelujah. Now let's come back to our original scripture. Can you, can you see the foundation? If you want to be involved in spiritual warfare, if you don't come back, if we don't come back to our original design, you and I we will be a disaster. Are you, are you understanding? We are fighting against an enemy who is smarter than us, who has been around for a long time. He knows what to do to trip us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, if we go back to that original scripture, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Those who wait upon the Lord. What does that word wait mean? What does that word wait mean? Because a lot of times we think if I fast and pray, am I right? And that's what I assumed as well. If I spend the next 25 hours praying, you know, I'm waiting on the Lord. Is that, is that what it means? Waiting on the Lord means to entwine myself. So it's a 24-7, 365 days a, thing, a, a, a year thing. It's not something... So I want to show you, I want to demonstrate to you what it actually would mean. Can I have um, one volunteer maybe? 
You're one volunteer. Somebody run up quickly. Otherwise, I'll have to call you up. Yeah, come on. All right. You'll just have to wait till I come to you, all right? Okay. 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 No, just wait here. Yeah, all right. So, entwine yourself. The easiest way to understand is this is by looking at plants. There are two kinds of plants, am I right? One is the climbers. They have their own ability to stand up in their own strength. Am I right? Oak tree. You know, I don't know the names of the other trees, but I remember the oak tree. <laughs> they, they grow from ground up and they stand up. Am I right? And they, and they grow big. And the other one is the creepers. The one that cling to you. And that is what this word would look like. Because I said, I see things. Am I right? So, this word is telling me that I need to be like a creeper that entwines itself around Christ. We want to soar, but before we reach that level of soaring, we have to come to the first step. So what's the first step? We have to wait on the Lord. Entwine ourselves. So when we entwine ourselves around, suppose you have, you have, a, you know, you have a, a vineyard. So when the grapevine starts growing, it falls onto the ground. Am I right? And then what does the horticulturist come and do or the workers come and do? They pick it up and entwine it around the, 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 the rope or the string, whatever you call it. And where does this, this, then the grapevine go? It goes only where, where this trestle or this line is pulling it. Am I right? It doesn't go away anywhere else. And that's what the scripture is talking about. The scripture is saying that entwine yourself around the Lord. And don't try to be individual oaks. You know, there is good things spoken about the oak tree in the Bible. But let me tell you, if you want to grow in the Lord, this is the way to do it. Now, if you are able to put up that Isaiah 40, 31 in the New American Bible version. So, they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength, right? Then... They will soar on eagle's wings. Most other versions say that they will rise up like eagle on wings. But for me, this is the most correct version. Because who is Isaiah talking to? The Jewish people, am I right? So when, if I am a Jew and somebody says, on eagle's wings, what does that mean? It means, it reminds me of the story of Exodus. Am I right? Yes or no? So, in, 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 in Exodus, Jesus, God says that I brought you out on what? Eagle's wings. Did it involve any personal effort? Did it involve any personal effort? When you are soaring, let me tell you, when you are running, it will involve personal effort. Am I right? When I'm walking, it involves personal effort. When I'm flying, it involves personal effort. But when I'm soaring, there is something else that comes up and lifts me up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the end result. But where do you start? You start by entwining yourself around the Lord. How do you entwine yourself? Study the word. Study the word. Go to church. Be part of a cell group. Listen to what your pastor is saying. I can tell you all this. I can't do this at my church. They will think I'm having them on. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I entwine myself constantly by talking to the Lord all the time. It's okay. You are in your car by yourself. What do you do? Entwine yourself. The person, you are at a traffic light. Somebody's watching you go. It's okay. You smile at them. Hallelujah. I do that all the time. People think I'm crazy. That's okay. And then they look, my, my van has the name of my church on it. And they'll say, ah, church goer. <laughs> it's all right. Hallelujah. I entwine myself in the Lord. And you know, you won't straight away reach the level of flying, soaring. But it's starting to walk. I am walking. Today I know that I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. I'm dear to Him. I prayed and God opened a door for me. I got a job. Are you with me? The revelation that you have is what the level that you will flow with God. And as you start flowing with God like this, you know there are different realms. One first realm is the realm of bellowance, where we start understanding the bellowance of God towards us, His mercy towards us, His forgiveness towards us, His love towards us. But then comes the next level. It's called the level of realm of righteousness. And that's where we start understanding that we have a righteous God that establishes our responsibility. Are you understanding? When you start understanding righteousness, we stop sleeping around. We stop swearing. Hallelujah. When I started life, I used to swear, like in Christ, I used to swear 24-7. Every other word had a swear word in it. I could not complete one sentence very quickly because it had 25 other swear words in it. And they were very colorful. And then as I came to know the Lord, what was the change that came? I, it could not come out of my mouth anymore. I, I would struggle for it to come. You know, I would condemn people and I would speak negative about them. God started correcting me. This realm of righteousness is what starts putting pressure on me, saying, this is expected of you. And people want to stay in the relevant stage. They are happy I prayed and somebody got healed. Oh, they are happy I prayed and God gave me a job. God wants to take you to the next level. The level after that is the glory realm. Honestly, I'm talking out of the Bible. Just like you have a Bible, I also have an NKJV. I love the NKJV and a few other versions. It's there in the... So there is a realm of, of glory. What happens? The realm of glory, you don't have to do anything. God steps in on your behalf. Hallelujah. There's a realm of knowledge of God. That's, you know, you have to understand. How did Moses know to tell Aaron, go rush Take the censer and stand between God and the people and start waving it. How do you know Moses came to know about it? Because he, has, he was operating in the realm of knowledge of God. Are you with me? He was operating in the realm of the fear of God. There are so many things that we can learn from the scriptures. As we entwine ourselves, we will go up levels. Now, when I start entwining myself, how does God respond to me? Psalm 32 verse 8. Psalm 32 verse 8. We'll keep flicking back and forth to Isaiah 40, 31, but Psalm 32 verse 8. And it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will guide you with my eyes. All right? Now, this is where my prop comes in. I'm going to guide her with my eyes. All right? 
my wife knows how to guide me with her eyes. <laughs> if I'm talking too much, yeah, I, but poor thing, she will have no idea how to control me with her eyes. Am I right? So I'm now starting to, I want you to see what God is meaning in that scripture because that's the fruit that will come into your life the moment you start entwining yourself around the Lord. Hallelujah. So, I wanted her to jump. Now she walked backwards. <laughs> see, a lot of times this is how we do God. You know, God... He starts guiding us with his eyes and we think he wants us to go and, and confront somebody in love. I'm going to confront you, pastor. I'm in love. Are you with me? Because I'm looking at God's eyes. Is that what God is meaning here? Think about it. I'm going to instruct you and guide you with my eyes. Just put your hand on my shoulder and close your eyes. Yeah, close your eyes now. Now she's depending on whose eyes. Whose eyes is she depending on? She has no control. This is what will happen to your life and my life when we start waiting on the Lord. All right? Now, this is safe for her, right? But I'm going to take her down the valley now. And she has to trust in me fully, right? All right. I have bad ankles, by the way. Yeah, okay. All right. She is now starting to bail out. I've got bad ankles. All right. So keep, All right. Going. keep going? Yeah, keep okay. going. One step down. Second step. Third step. Fourth step. And down. Can you see how she is now? She is not taking her own decisions. She is not. Are, are you with me? When we wait upon the Lord, do you think this will help her to soar? Now let me explain what it would look like. Isaiah looks around and there is famine in the land. And he's thinking, I will go off to Egypt. Isaiah is thinking, what is he doing? He's depending on his own eyes. Am I right? He's depending on what he can see. He sees there is famine. So he is a, he's not a farmer by trade anyway. Am I right? He's a shepherd. He knows only sheep. Bah, bah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's all he knows. He doesn't know anything about farming. And God says, get rid of your sheep. It doesn't say in the Bible, but I'm just assuming. Because now there is no fodder for the sheep. But God is saying, I want you to become a farmer. Are you with me? Who do you think gave him the idea? Can you see she's just happy to walk behind me? Why? Because she knows that I will not let her fall down. She knows absolutely. Isaiah, don't go. Stay here. I'm going to bless you. This is my covenant with you. How many of you think God has got a covenant with you? He's got a covenant with you. It's a covenant that is permanent. It's a covenant of blessing. This is what scripture says. That he has given you the strength to make wealth. Why? So that he can establish his covenant. The proof of the establishment of the covenant is that you are healed. That you have abundance. Are you with me? You are able to flow in the things of God. Hallelujah. I'm not finished yet. So. Now Isaiah, I want to sow. I want you to sow. I don't know farming. 
I don't know farming. It's okay. Call somebody who knows farming and put your seeds down. Who in their right mind would want to sow on a dry ground? Nobody. But Isaiah doesn't have his own eyes operating anymore. He is now flowing with the Lord because he's entwined around the Lord. He goes and, and does the farming. And what do you think happens on his farm? Just the size of his farm. In Genesis it says water used to come out from under the earth and water the earth. Do you think that started operating one more time? When you start, when you start leaning on God to that extent, the miracles that are mentioned in the Bible will start happening in your life. When you trust him enough, are you, are you with me? You, 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 just read this. There was a season in my life, all I would read in the Bible is the miracles of God. Are you with me? You know why? Because I had nothing and anything that I had cannot die. The electrical goods that I had, it cannot die. So if my DVD player dies, I take it out and I speak to it. Come on in Jesus' name. Rise up, start working again. My washing, I'm not joking. This is serious. I came, I didn't have a washing machine. And it was like autumn like this. And the clouds would gather, it would start raining. You know Hawks Bay, how it rains without season and without season. You never know. The other day I went out for a walk. I had walked 100 meters and it started raining. When I left home, it was bright sun. Shining. 100 meters later, it's starting to drizzle. And we had no washing machine. We would wash the clothes in the, in the, in the, in the basin and put the wash on, washing on my line. And then I would put a chair near my washing line and I would sit. It will not rain. It will not rain. It will not rain. After I get tired for, after doing that for a time, my daughter will say, Dad, you go and rest. It's my turn now. How old is she? Five years old. Are you with me? The way you do and lean on God, it becomes multi-generational. It passes. It doesn't stay with you. It opens up the block. It opens up channels. And your children will start standing up and they will claim that I want this. Are you with me? How many of you are ready to soar with God? You know, how many of you think that you have done everything that you know to do, but you have not got the results that you wanted? Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> we have to start coming to that place where we lean on the Lord so that we can walk, run, fly, and then soar. Isaiah, you have soared. How many fold did he harvest? A hundredfold. Am I right? Am I right? It doesn't matter what has been your past. It doesn't matter how many things have gone wrong in your family line. Are you, are you with me? I teach on generational sin and iniquity, okay? So don't think that I'm disregarding it. I teach on it. But that's the realm where we come into the righteousness realm. That's where we deal with it. But when I've come to the next level, I see the glory of God coming and talking on my behalf. The glory of the Lord will come. When people start criticizing you, the glory of the Lord will turn up. You don't have to do anything because now who is your defender? God is my defender. Are you with me? Who is your defender? God is your defender. You know, when you step out and do things, people will look at you and say, that's a dumb idea. 
I didn't hear that from God. It's okay. But I heard from God and this is where I'm stepping out. And the moment you step out, what happens? The glory of the Lord comes down. This is when you lean on God. Are you with me? God wants you to be operating at that realm. I tell you, I have been building on this in my congregation. I have not shared it anywhere else outside. And then when God asked me, because it needs somebody to be crazy like me to be able to hear this. Am I right? Are you with me? And I found a crazy group this morning. I saw them jump and shout just like I would do. Are you with me? I saw them scream just like I would do. And I knew, Lord, I heard you right. Thank you. Hundredfold. Hundredfold. How many of you are looking forward to a hundredfold? It comes in the next realm. It starts coming in the next realm. You can start the keyboard. That's a good sign for me. When you are entwined around the Lord like that, then like David, you can say, one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Are you, see, are you seeing what I'm showing you? Your, your eyes would open up because you are no longer looking at things, but you are hearing your focus is on God and God alone. Your focus is on what is he saying? I want to see just what God is showing me. Yeah, you know, our, our family may be dysfunctional. Hallelujah. Yeah, your family may be into drugs, alcohol. I don't know what it is in. But I can tell you from experience, it doesn't matter. God's hand will come and move you because you have chosen not to look at that, but believe what God has said. That my, hallelujah, your children, your children will come to the Lord because this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. This is the heritage. This is the heritage. Come on, church. This is your heritage. You shall lack nothing. Your hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you will be the head and not the tail. You will be the head and not the tail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's good to finish when God has finished saying. I want to show you that scripture one more time. Isaiah 40, 31. I don't know what your stage in life is. But choose to entwine yourself. It's something that you learn. Babies are born. They are born with hands and legs. Am I right? But you have to teach them how to walk. It takes time. But I can guarantee. If you do choose to do that. I don't know. I feel there are some people here. You have come here. And you did not know what to expect from God. He's actually talking to you personally. You have never tried Jesus before. I can feel there are, there are people here who is thinking in their heart, I want this Jesus. I want this Jesus. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing what I have done in the past. I'm tired of the disappointments and the discouragement. I can tell you from experience. I can tell you from experience. It's a miracle that I had never killed myself. I was depressed. My wife was depressed. This is even before I met her. You can think what happened to her after she met me. <laughs> you have tried everything. 
And if that's you, I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, if you have never, ever considered actually entwining yourself around Jesus, and this is the first time you're hearing that Jesus loves you, he cares enough for you, can you just wave at me, please? If you have never, ever in your life done that before, can you please wave at me? I know there are people here. God is tugging on your heart. He's tugging on your heart. He's pulling on your strings. He's pulling on your strings. You know, while I was praying, I'll just give you a couple of seconds before I, I finish. While I was praying at home, God told me, and, and I tried to, to remove it from my mind. If you, I was praying at home, and God told me about one person. He didn't give me the full name. He said that the person's name starts with R. You have a condition, and now you're tired with what is going on in your life. You are planning to move away from the people that care about you. Jesus says that I care about you. Uh, I, saw, I saw the condition was around the kidneys or somewhere here. So if that is you, if you come and see me later on, God probably didn't give me your name because he, you know, when, when I travel and things like that, God gives me names of people. He gives me their phone numbers. He gives me addresses, you know, and things like that. But he never gave me your name. He wants to keep it very private. So if you are that person, he said your name, your name has got R in it. It's, you know, one of the, the names has got R in it. Come and see me. I'll pray with you because God says that he will help you to soar. He will help you to soar. Coming back, anybody who has never tried Jesus before and you would like to try Jesus? Anybody? Come on, church. Anybody? Ask your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you know that they are saved, don't ask them to get saved again. But if there's anybody sitting besides you who know, needs to know Jesus, Talk to them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I bless you for this morning. I give you all glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.